Hello and welcome to the 10th episode of Talking Future, a podcast by the Entrepreneurs Forum where we talk to Northeast entrepreneurs about their work, their lives and especially their views on the future and how they're innovating as they plan ahead. I'm Yvonne Bell and today I'm talking to Sandy Chen, CEO and co-founder of Graphene Composites. With its headquarters in Sedgefield, Graphene Composites work with graphene and other nanomaterials to create life-changing products for their partners. One of their newest inventions includes GC Ink, a patent-pending ink designed to capture and destroy viruses and bacteria, including COVID-19. Good morning, Sandy. Morning. Good morning. I can see by your background that you're quite financial, to put it mildly. So can you start off by setting the scene and telling us how you've ended up taking the scientific route and where did your passion for this sector begin? Well, I was um, an investment banker or an investment analyst for about 25 years and, uh, for, and sort of for my sins, I think um, one of the things that we were working on was um, helping some graphene companies prepare for um, the public markets. And so I was looking at that. And then also my wife and I were building a new house and um, we were looking at insulating it with uh, another what they call nanomaterial called aerogel. And one night um, we just found ourselves putting those two things together and said, what if you put the world's strongest material, which is graphene, together with the world's best insulator, which is aerogel, what could you do with it? And uh, one of the things that popped to our minds was bulletproof armor. And that's how it started six or seven years ago. Mm-hmm. So it was just a thought, just a thought that came to you. It's a, it's a funny thing to have across the, the dinner table. Yeah, well, I mean, to be, to be clear, I mean, we did absolutely nothing with it for a good year or so um, until another dinner party where my wife finally turned to me and said, will you just do something about it? And, um, and so we end up, ended up uh, starting the company and got to here. Yeah. And did you actually start the company over there and you've come to Sedgefield? Because I was going to ask you why, why you're here now. Well, we started it. Um, no, I mean, we, we literally started it over our kitchen table. But, um, but then we moved to Sedgefield because our main partner in uh, developing the technology, taking the idea to really, you know, a real product was and remains the um, UK's Centre for Process Innovation, which is based in Sedgefield. Right, okay. Um, at uh, Net Park. That's how it, uh, you came to come, come here. Um, how do you find it then? Do you like working up uh, here? Great. <laughs> yeah. I mean, in a word, it, it, they, without um, CPI's help. And to give a bit of background, the CPI or the uh, Center for Process Innovation was set up, gosh, it was probably about 10 years ago, with uh, over 100 million pounds worth of facilities and equipment specifically to kind of help companies um, take ideas from the idea stage um, into commercial reality. And um, it's chock full of scientists and you know, facilities that really small companies in, in, in particular can't really access themselves. So when we first started, the natural partner for us in making our ideas real was um, CPI. And uh, they played a crucial role. So it, we got along so well that we decided to move to Sedgefield as well. And so who were you working with? Obviously, there was your wife was involved at this stage. I take it you, you, you worked together. Yes. Um, and who else? Who else did you sort of rely on to be your uh, main graphene person then? Who was that? Well, um, so our main graphene person um, 
is our chief technology officer, Dr. Stephen Devine. And the way we got to meet him was at CPI, where he was the principal scientist at the National Formulation Center or Graphene Application Center. Pretty much everything that went on in applying graphene or or turning graphene ideas into reality had to go through Steve's brain, as it were. Mm -hmm. And what we ended up doing was we worked very well together in in developing our GC Shield range of armor products. And um, we liked each other so much that he decided to join us. Mm -hmm. And, And now do you have a few people work with you still? Yeah, we've got a team of about um, 12, both here in the UK and in the US. And um, the main scientists are still at CPI. And we also have a number of other companies in the Northeast that we work with um, that are all in the same area of nanotechnology. Yeah, just as a, a business person, how do you feel or how do you find working with scientists? Because they do have different brains to financial people, I would have thought. <laughs> it's, um, it, it, it's been interesting. And, uh, I mean, in a good way, because it's, you're absolutely right. I mean, that was my impression that um, a lot of scientists um, tended to be in silos, that they're very good at their particular area that they'd chosen to specialize in, but not that used to collaborating across silos, answering questions like, what would happen if you put the world's strongest material with, together with the world's best insulator? And uh, could you stop a bullet? Yeah. <laughs> and, um, and so I think that first year really was about kind of learning as a team how to work together and collaborate and Mm cross-fertilize and then, and and to be blunt, fail quite a few times and then learn from those failures to um, eventually, over the course of a couple of years, develop a, a successfully develop a product. Mm -hmm. Because they they probably find your brain is is wired differently. Yeah, I think so. (laughs) Yeah, I I think um, probably interesting is the best, is the the kindest word for it. Yeah. Along the way, I think we all found ourselves once we got over the 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 sort of all the failures that you had to get get through along the development process and learning to in a perverse way sort of enjoy the failures um, and learn from them and then move forward as a team that became quite a a strong ethos within our group mm-hmm. um, that enabled us to to sort of move forward as one. Yeah. I suppose you've got a common purpose then, haven't you? Yes. Yeah. So let's uh, get on to the products a little bit. For those of like me who really don't know, what is graphene and, and what is it used for normally? Well, um, so graphene is a form of carbon. Um, carbon is one of the elements. It's in carbon dioxide, which you're breathing out. Well, we're all breathing out right now. It's and is in the atmosphere. Carbon comes in a couple of forms. One of the other forms of carbon is a diamond. Another form is uh, graphite in uh, pencil leads, and and graphene is a single layer of carbon atoms arranged in a honeycomb pattern. And if you do it in that way, it is the strongest arrangement of carbon atoms that you can come up with. And it's roughly 100 times stronger than steel, for example, and, and also highly conductive, roughly 20 times more conductive than copper. 
And so from graphene composites point of view, what, what do you do with it and what, what makes you special? What we'd like to think what we know how to do, and this is largely because of our chief technology officer, is um, what they call functionalized graphene and other nanomaterials. And, and what I mean by functionalized is that it's, graphene is, is this wonder material, but by nature, it's really quite inert. And the way to sort of think about it is that I, I don't know if you've ever tried to make um, hot chocolate and found that, you know, you've run out of your, your hot chocolate mix and you go in and you get your cocoa powder, you uh, stick it in the hot milk and, and it doesn't uh, dissolve. All it does is sort of clump into these little yeah. balls of wet cocoa powder mm-hmm. um, in, your, in your hot milk. That's the same thing that graphene sort of does if you don't functionalize it. And what I mean by functionalizing is that we attach other molecules or arrangements of elements onto the graphene that enable it to disperse and sort of attach to other things, much like you know, when you get a, a proper hot chocolate mix, you can, it turns into hot chocolate. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's knowing what the right mix is, how to get that graphene functionalized properly, and then applying it to the specific application that you need that we think we do quite well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd never thought of hot chocolate that way <laughs> ever before, but it does happen. I know what happens with cocoa, yeah. Um, so moving on to the sort of funding issue, I mean, obviously you, you can't just start businesses like that, but you use crowdfunding. Was it easy or did you find that it did have its pitfalls or what, how did it work for you? Well, we ended up choosing to crowdfund because actually when we were starting out in 2016, the idea was probably too radical for traditional sources of funding for tech companies like uh, venture capital funds or private equity funds. And uh, they they kept on saying to us, well, come back when you sort of develop the product. And we'd said, Mm -hmm. but we need the funding to develop the product. And then they then sort of the line would go dead. and what we found was that the crowdfunding platforms, the, there was a greater willingness to say, well, you know, it sounds like a crazy idea, but yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll invest, you know, a hundred pounds in it. And, um, and so we found it was actually quite um, a surprisingly easy to raise our first 150,000 pounds um, of funding to really get the business properly going back in 2016. Mm-hmm. The funny thing is, I was just thinking there when you were talking about crowdfunding, you've got a very financial background and it's amazing that you couldn't just tap into that. It's obviously, you know, it's the, there are rules of, of how people risk their money, aren't there? And um, maybe crowdfunders just want to have give things a chance. Is that how it works? Yeah, it was, it was a very interesting experience, actually, because... It, I I had had experience in, you know, raising, well, billions Mm -hmm. um, for listed companies and had a very strong network. But that network of investors, investment funds, and this was too early stage an idea for them to to fund. And yeah, we're big fans of, of crowdfunding because there were well, £150,000 worth of investors that invested as little as £10 each. But there were a lot of them. I mean, we've ended up having over 3,300 investors, all individuals, 
yeah. um, who are who've backed us really. Some of them backed us from the first crowdfunding round in 2016 to our eighth one, which we just finished uh, about six months ago. And uh, along the way, we've raised over two million pounds. Wow. How does that fit in with um, like your shareholder base? I mean, in, in, you know, small companies, you normally have a couple of shareholders and at the most half a dozen. How does it work? Very simply, because those people all have a little stake in your business. Yes. Um, so we've decided to, to really communicate with our investors as if we were a publicly listed company. And what that means is issuing regular investor updates where, you know, we tell them how we're doing, um, not just financially, but strategically. And we keep them up to date as if they had invested in a company on the, on the FTSE. Um, and what's been really quite interesting is that there are um, quite a few investors that we've kept in touch with almost on a weekly basis since 2016, they, they sort of come in and say, well, how's this going? How's that going? And they've uh, what they call followed their money. In other words, they've added to their original investment. Yeah. Um, and some of have really done that all along the way. And have they got larger amounts? Is it because they've got more commitment to it? Or is it just because they're interested? Yeah, I mean, there were some that um, started with £100 um, that then went to 500 pounds and then invest a thousand pounds and, you know, invest 10,000 pounds. And it's been, that, that's been great. And it's given us a lot of uh, confidence as well, um, because we know that we've got this group of investors that really believe in what we're doing and have been able to celebrate our successes and failures really as we've grown. Yeah. It sounds like gambling, doesn't it? It sounds like they've invested and they're, they're taking more risk. It's almost like they want to make it work. But they obviously see what you're doing as you're doing it right. And I suppose your background helped because you know exactly what you've got to do. You know, all the, the pitfalls of financial uh, control and everything, don't you? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it does. That, that has helped because I, I think our, our general approach has been to communicate as much as we can. Um, with the investors, with our shareholders uh, along the way. And actually, I mean, to be clear, um, those shareholders include, um, you know, my father-in-law, um, most of our relatives and friends and family. Yeah, right. So it's, yeah. it's um, it, you know, it's always been uh, a very open uh, sort of way of running the business. That's a family and, business, uh, and, actually. And that's been, it, yeah. it's, it's, it's been a, I think it's been a learning experience to, to just not just tell the good news, but, but also just, you know, communicate the bad, you know, the bad news and the challenges and the, yeah. you know, um, and the pitfalls that we've, we've encountered along the way. So what do you, would you say since you started in 2016 have been the biggest obstacles? Was it the funding or, or was it this other part that you said you had to settle down and work together? make it happen i think it was a combination i mean the um the 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 main challenge has been the technical challenge um it took us about three years before of failures before we were able in our gc shield armor product to to stop a decent sized bullet um mm -hmm. and so that meant you know literally about two and a half years of developing a you know version of the armor trudging down to test firing facilities to do the 
the actual ballistic testing, watching a bullet slice through our version five of our armor and then trudging back to the labs and going, oh, well, okay, that, uh, Mm -hmm. well, let's see, why don't we do this? And then I think it was version 22 before we finally stopped managed to stop a decent sized bullet if mm. that makes sense and it, it seems quite well strange to me that, that there is a market for that but but you started in america and there is a market for it isn't there because there are a lot of guns and yeah did, did i read right that you um you, you're possibly trying to formulate something for children to wear well what we decided to focus on was developing a version of our armor or what we call our GC shield um, for schools. And it was after there were, there'd been a number of active shooter tragedies really in America, school shootings and things like that. And we decided to really focus on developing a product that that could be used to protect um, students and teachers it, from those types of attacks. Yeah. Um, and um, it was quite a, a interesting thing to be doing because not, the, I mean, the, the focus as, as one would expect for kind of bulletproof armor was always the, you know, the police or the military mm. and, and, and protecting uh, against threats like that. Not many were looking at how to protect schools from active shooters. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's what we chose to to focus on. Yeah. And is that something that is that you're working on it, or is it? Have you got it now? Have you got the product? Yeah, we've we've uh, successfully developed and tested it, and we are talking with a well, a, a couple of schools are placing their first orders for our GC Shield technology. Yeah, it's just not something that I've, I would have ever thought about, but uh, obviously it's a need, and you're fulfilling it, so that's good. So. Just moving on to other products, research has shown that sheets of graphene can absorb twice as much impact as Kevlar, which is material that's used in bulletproof vests. But as well as being used in armor, do you think we'll see graphene used in other bulletproof surfaces, such as windows and things like that? Well, um, I mean, with the shield, um, uh, sorry, uh, what we call our GC shield technology, we have been focusing on, for school protection, a version that is like a drop-down curtain. Um, And so if a a shooter uh, were to try to um, shoot through the windows, effectively this bulletproof curtain would drop down. Mm -hmm. And and then uh, similarly at school entrances, um, etc. I mean, graphene can be used um, to strengthen uh, a lot of materials, including glass and windows. Our shield technology really uses, besides graphene aerogel, to what they call disperse the impact force. So what that does is it gives a much greater level of protection to the person behind that shield, because a lot of times you're hurt or injured, not by the bullet um, itself, but by the shock wave from the bullet as it hits the shield it hits a piece of armor and uh, and what our gc shield technology does is it disperses that force far more effectively than say kevlar fascinating and it's it can be very flexible and lightweight so there are other uses of uh, graphene isn't there there, there are other uses yes. um, down the line so there's a lot to go out so can we just move on to the um onto covid don't yes. want to talk about it but we're gonna we're gonna go yeah. there um how has it changed your ways of working? I mean, is that has it changed your ways? Obviously, you're you're working from home now, and is that what everybody's doing? Yes. Um, the I mean, we do go into our labs at 
Net Park in Sedgefield to do the lab work that we can't do from home. Mm-hmm. Um, but 90% of what we're doing is yeah, from our homes. Mm-hmm. And uh, one of the things that I mentioned in the introduction was um, your project on, on this ink that captures and destroys viruses. I don't really understand that at all. Can you just make it simple for us, like the cocoa? Do a, <laughs> do a cocoa job on it. Right. Okay. Let, us, let well, us understand how that, how, how without giving obviously trade secrets away, how, how does it work? So um, what, we've, what we've developed is a way of trapping and then destroying viruses, in, including coronavirus. And it works in, in two ways. It's a, what we've developed is a graphene oxide silver nanoparticle formulation called GC Inc. Now, um, I know that you know, all those words are English, but what do they mean? Well, the graphene is very good at attracting and trapping the water droplets in the air or in breath, and also the protein spikes on a coronavirus. Mm -hmm. And what the silver nanoparticles are very good at doing is, um, in the complicated way of saying it, is oxidizing the lipid membrane that's protecting the RNA within uh, the coronavirus. But the other, the, the simpler way of saying that is that that's what destroys the virus um, or bacteria. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? A little bit, yeah. I'm, I'm getting okay. there with it. Um, I mean, what, what made anyone in your business start to look at that? Does, is it because of the graphene um, configuration? Is that because you know that it does do those things? Well, one of our mottos that we developed is, you know, GC for good. And, you know, what we said to each other, actually, at the beginning of the pandemic, which was we're developing the idea of GC Inc. It's like, how many other times in, in our lives are we going to have the opportunity to potentially save hundreds mm-hmm. of thousands, if not millions of lives, yeah. literally, mm-hmm. by what we do today, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. um, as a team? And, um, and that's what, I mean, those march through, oh God, you know, I mean, it's, it's been terrible for all of us, obviously, Mm -hmm. you know, but what kept us motivated was actually we could do something about it, right? Like Mm -hmm. literally each day we could do something to work on the formulation to, to see if we can get testing and things like that. And then we found, you know, there were plenty companies, other organizations that were willing to, very interested in, in, in exactly the same way. We were working with a, a university in the U.S. called Brown University that had discovered that graphene oxide, a specific formulation of graphene, was very good at stopping mosquitoes from biting, believe it or not. Um, and so we were working on an ink that could be used on, on fabrics to um, basically stop mosquitoes from biting. And when the pandemic hit, we realized we could modify that or augment that formulation by adding things like silver nanoparticles to potentially kill bacteria and destroy viruses, mm. including the coronavirus. Amazing. So that was back in March. And again, it took about six months of tinkering. Uh, well, actually, really a, a lot of hard work. Yeah. Um, we put about two years of 
research and development into six months. And then we got testing results that you know, showed that it, it was indeed really effective at destroying coronavirus. Mm-hmm. That's, that's got a future, hasn't it? Um, yes. Yes, I think so. That's fantastic. And now a note from this episode's sponsor. Hi there, my name is John Burns and I'm the MD of Diamond Group. Diamond Group are an office-based office technology company which supply most products to do with the office such as photocopiers, printers, scanners, document management software, laptops, also telephony, telephone systems, mobiles, vehicle trackers, office furniture such as desks, chairs. We do some office refits. We also supply training the businesses on everything from leadership management, apprenticeships. There's basically nothing we can't supply with really any IT need we can look after you if you're interested you could give us a call on 0191 519 3700 or you can contact us via our website www.diamond-group.net thank you so in your opinion with all of these things that that graphene can do how do you see the face of your industry in the next 5 10 or even 20 years how do you see things happening and changing well it's interesting because i i think that now where graphene and other nanomaterials are is that there are some you know real products out there that incorporate these what they call nanomaterials technologies and they are really beneficial and our gc inc this you know that can be used to fight this pandemic is from our point of view probably one of the best things that we could do as a company to Mm -hmm. to really have a major positive impact and and as sort of other applications um that are really truly beneficial um you know are developed uh, i think that that's what's going to really gain a broader acceptance and support for nanomaterials technologies um, really everywhere. That's mm-hmm. quite amazing. And that is just the future, isn't it? Because there's lots of things going on that we don't even know about now. Yeah. I mean, there, there's lots on our to-do list, but um, our first focus is really um, fighting this pandemic. Yeah. So. Uh, good. And what are you looking forward to then in your business? Because it's, it's quite a young business really, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, there is a lot of, there are a lot of um, potential applications that we begun to explore. And, you know, the, the pandemic really has made us have to put aside a lot of those areas whilst we've focused on, on developing our GC Inc. But, you know, hopefully, as this year sees a, a lot more progress in terms of, uh, of the pandemic, mm-hmm. um, we'll we'll be able to really explore other applications of, for example, the extending the armor technology to strengthening wind turbine blades uh, and making them last longer and then lowering the cost of renewable energy production Mm -hmm. um, and other things like that. I know things happen for a reason, but you sometimes wish you'd, you'd done this earlier in your life, in your career. You know, it's, um, haven't had really time to think about that. So. <laughs> so it's an odd one, isn't it? You've, you've, uh, you've got so far in such a short time. And when it comes to other entrepreneurs and businesses, do you follow anybody else? Or I suppose in your financial world, you, you had to follow. Um, but were there entrepreneurs out there that you thought, oh, I like the way they work? Has that ever come to you? 
Yeah, I, I mean, there there are a couple of entrepreneurs that, uh, and it's it's mainly. Um, I read this book called "Winning Not Fighting" by the one of the co-founders of Leon, the sandwich chain, and that was really inspiring. Learning about how to really harness teamwork and inspire people and and work together through whatever happens, and that I've I think I found really inspiring. And in the technology areas, you know, the Elon Musk's with Tesla and and other things and other you know companies that. That are really willing to push um, mm-hmm. technologies and see how far they go and and work collaboratively. I think is probably a a very good way of moving forward as not just you know our company in and of itself, but but really as a as a broader society. Mm-hmm. And and what about advice for people starting up? What would you give in their way of advice? Say a tip for the week for new starters. Well, I think I can only speak from you know our experience, which was that really, if you think you've got a good idea, to flesh it out and, and you know and talk with people, but maybe explore the crowdfunding option um, mm-hmm. because actually it's a, it's a good way of getting a, a small idea ported and then that can grow into a, a much bigger idea. And you know our experience has been that keeping that conversation, really having an open, honest conversation with those investors and shareholders is a very good way of both discipline as you grow your own company, as well as getting not just yourself excited, but your investors and, and shareholders excited. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and that, I suppose, it keeps you grounded as well, because you know you're using their money to do it. Well, you know what, having friends and family, pretty much everyone in your life um, sort of having invested in, in the company. <laughs> no pressure. A little bit of pressure, <laughs> but, but, um, but, the, but, but actually it's good pressure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you believe in it, obviously. Yeah, yeah yes. Yeah, that's good. Well, thank you very much for talking to me today. It's, uh, it's been very interesting and I will follow it because I, I found it um, fascinating. So thank oh, you. Thank again. you. Thank you.